Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors to hear about what they are learning, what they are teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Behind the Sermon podcast. I've got two new people on the podcast today, and I'll introduce them. First, our worship leader at Plymouth Location, Elisa Patton. Elisa, say hi. Hello. And secondly... Our uh, guest speaker from Sunday morning, missionary Doris Eckert, also speaking at Kids Camp this week. Doris, how are you today? I'm doing great, Nate. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for being on the podcast. So we're right in the middle of Kids Camp. We're in the basement of the lodge. If you hear any <laughs> banging, there's about 100 kids jumping up and down right on top of us eating lunch. And um, it is Tuesday, so you've spoken to... Two nights, two nights and two mornings. And two morning chapels. And so we've got tonight, and then do you speak tomorrow morning as well? Yeah, we'll have a real short time tomorrow, and then the kids will break up into small groups. That's great. Do you do a lot of kids camps? Do you get a lot of kids camps? Well, this is my third kids camp that I've gotten to like speak at, but the first one that I've been the speaker for. So the other two kids camps were last summer and I just did a missions window in each camp. So this is really my first one. Oh, that's cool. So where did you go? <laughs> um, Idaho and Montana. That's cool. So you have a character or, or there is someone that's working with you. Um, <laughs> Sally the Science Girl. <laughs> that was who I was going to say. Sally the Science Girl. And is that is this the first time that this character has this traveled with Sally's you? This is Sally's debut, yes. Oh, cool. Yep, this is her first go at it. That's cool. So talk me through, talk me through you know, just because I'm interested about this, and Elisa, interject whenever you want, but, um, but how the camp is going? Like, what are some of the metrics that you use or, or some of the feelings that you get to try to figure out, um, you, you know, are, how, are the, how the kids are responding or, like, what you expect or anticipate? I've never spoken at a kid's camp, so I would have no idea even how to measure that. Well, kids' camp is a little tricky because you've got um, a real variety of, of ages and maturities. And... Um, you know, I the way I approach kids is I don't talk down to them. Mm. I don't baby talk them. I, I like to be fun, and the character is really fun and wild. But, <laughs> but when I share the message, I share the message with them like I, I know they're going to receive it. They're going to understand it. And I try to hit right about that fourth grade, fifth grade level of understanding. I was an elementary teacher before I was in children's ministry. Oh, wow. And so I try to think about, okay, what did I teach in science at that time? What have I done um, in Sunday school for that age? And I try to hit right about there because I don't want to lose those older kids. I want them to be excited right. to come back next year for teen camp. I don't want them to say, I don't belong here. It's too mm-hmm. babyish. And they will lead the younger kids. Right. The younger kids are looking to them. Yeah. So if they're engaged in camp, the younger kids will be too. Yeah, we've got, I mean, that's a tough dynamic. So we we got one 11 year old here at the camp who's probably six foot tall <laughs> and, and probably like 250 pounds. He looks like, I mean, he looks like a kid, but he's got the body of a 
of a large man. <laughs> and then you have, you probably have some eight-year-olds who, you know, if they're like the oldest or only kid and get helicopter parents, they're like yep. probably, a, you know, at the level of some five-year-olds, not intellectually, but just in... Um, just emotionally, probably. Yeah, and COVID really set some of our younger yeah. kids back. Yeah. Because they haven't had that social experience and haven't been out there. So they're a little more timid and they're a little more reserved. But I believe God's got something really special for this generation. Yep. Have you heard, has any kids or leaders shared with you any testimonies from camp? I mean, it could be even with an adult. Um, I've had so many young people um, on the leadership team and even kids that have come up to me and said, I want to be a missionary. I want to be a pastor. There was one young man yesterday, one little boy who said, came up to me at Snack Shack and said, I'm going to be a pastor. And they prayed for me and mm. I want to be a pastor. And when I'm a pastor, will you come be a missionary at my church? <laughs> and I awesome. said, yes, sir, young man, I will. That's so cool. Yeah. And I know God's going to do that because... My very first camp that I ever got to serve at was a kids camp in Iowa and I was an intern and this was 20 some years ago and um, it was the summer right before I went to the mission field so I was 23 and there was a girl in my cabin that was 10 years old and um, she she was an amazing kid but you know at camp God did some work in her life and now 20 years later, she's a children's pastor at a church. Mm -hmm. And I got to go and speak at her church. Cool. So I know that little boy doesn't realize that this really could happen. Yeah. So in 20 years, I may be at that young man's church. And that's what God does. It's really cool. That's got to be a total dream come true for you also to kind of um, see what was planted and then see the fruit from that afterwards. I feel like that's something in ministry that, you know, we, we plant these seeds in, into kids or into the lives of others. And um, our next step is to trust that God does his work, but we don't always get to see. So I think that is really cool that you got to be able to see that and, you know, even even go speak there later in the future. Yeah. So, cool. so big shout out to Mallory, children's pastor at Glad Tidings Assembly in Des Moines, Iowa. Nice. Cool. But. That's awesome. The uh, We had one boy from our church. I think he's, I, I can't remember if he said it before, but he told um, my co-leader, Micah, he told him last night that he wants to be a missionary. Um, one of my sons went up last night to, um, to, you know, because he feels he wants to be a pastor. Um, and, you know, I, I think for me, sometimes I wonder if they want to be a pastor, like I wanted to be a plumber because my dad was a plumber. <laughs> it, it, he, was a, he was a pipe fitter, but it, I thought it was a plumber. So like I wanted to be a plumber because my dad was. But um, I, I think at this age, I'm still excited. Then I like, I never want to be one. Like they're, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, even all of them would. Yeah. Mm. So they, they have their own, you know, when they lead Restoration Church in the future, they've got it all figured out. Um, He's the lead pastor. He's the worship pastor. He's the tech <laughs> pastor. He's the kids pastor. Yeah. This cousin is this role, and this friend's this role. So they, I, I think they're waiting for me to die. Just <laughs> kill over dad. Let us take the reins. <laughs> Out of here, old man. <laughs> Probably not. 
<laughs> I think that heart in them is really, really genuine because I've I've seen them act in in love towards other people. I've seen your kids like go out and pray for other people at the altar and just nobody's there. They're just taking it upon themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, it's it's such a beginning space for them, but God is truly gonna grow that in them and and that's gonna be a cool one to see. <laughs> the co-leader of my group, Micah, uh, Micah McPherson. So his dad pastors Wyndham Assembly. No, they changed the name. Tree of Life Church in Wyndham, Maine. And so I think last year at convention or camp, he felt called to be a missionary. So a year later, it's like mm. the checkup. Like, you want to be a missionary, right? Yeah. So I like that there's still like, yes. it was not just a, a, he didn't just respond because it was a message, but it's still like mm-hmm. the path of his life. So I told him a year ago, um, I want to be the first church that supports you. Yeah. It, obviously, probably his dad will beat me because his dad will know first, but first church that's not related <laughs> we to you. hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know Pastor Travis, when he asked me to come and share at Kids Camp, I asked him, I said, well, why do you want me? I've never done this before as a main speaker. And he said, I just, I want our kids to get a taste of what it's like to go into missions and uh, to see a bigger picture, a bigger view of, of God, God's work in this world. And you think about it, at school, they're constantly hearing, you know, you, you could be a lawyer, you could be, uh, I don't know, a fireman, you could be all these different other things, but where else are they going to hear you could change the world and right. be a missionary? Yeah. You could be a pastor and take and heal broken broken lives and, and help people to know God. And so, you know, between Sunday school, church, and church camp, we get so little time with these right. kids. So my my heart and what I would hope, if you're a parent listening right now, or if you listen to this after the fact, um, your kids are going to come home with some some things from camp. Yep. Ask them to teach you and explain to you what they learned and, mm-hmm. and then keep building those things in their lives and, you know, help them to be active in the church and, mm-hmm. and continue to grow this heart for God that they have as a family because you have the loudest voice in their life. Pastor Nate, I hope and pray that your family legacy is a legacy of pastors and missionaries, that your boys, this is not just something at camp and not just something they look at and say, I want to be like my dad. Yep, absolutely. But that this really is the seed that God is planting in their heart and that that's going to be your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. What a legacy. Yeah. Any parenting advice? You've got three teenagers who love the (laughs) Lord, who've lived on the mission field with you, who... Uh, went on, I, I think I love that, like while you were a missionary in Indonesia, you told me you were bringing them on mission trips to other parts of the world um, as, as if living in Indonesia was an experience <laughs> in itself, but I absolutely love that. Talk to the parents who are listening. How do we, how, you know, even even to me directly, how, how do we help our kids to just love the mission of God to be about the Great Commission? Well, as a family, um, we embrace 
both our Eastern and our Western culture that we have grown kind of up in together. We like to be 150% people. So we're about 75% American and about 75% Indonesian, to be honest, because we, um, we've lived there for most of my kids' lives. My youngest was born there. Uh, she's 13 and she's lived there most all of her life. My other two, um, my uh, middle one is 15 and she was there starting at 10 months old. And my oldest is 17 and he's been there since he was two. So Eastern culture is a group culture. Western culture is very individualistic. So we love God as a family. We read the word of God together as a family. And we talk about what does this, what does this scripture say about God? What does this scripture say about me? And we talk about our struggles and we pray together as a family every week that we can. If when they were younger, we, it was every day. And now that they're teenagers and they're all over the place, we still try to take at least one or two days a week where we have family devotions and we're working through all this stuff because my kids are trying to figure out what this American culture is all about right. as we're here in the States right now. So that's the first thing is we, we do faith together. So I'll follow up on that. So you can tell me the second thing to just sh- tell us what your family devotions look like with, yep. with a group of teenagers. Oh, it's simple. We read a chapter of the Bible and then we ask three questions. What does this say about God? What does this say about God's relationship with, with me? And who am I going to share this with today? It's so that easy. Wow. How so cool. long does that, does that look like now with older teenagers? How, how long is that conversation? Well, typically? it really depends because sometimes it spins off into, I've got this friend with this issue or, um, you know, if we have someone in our family who's sick, we take special time to pray for them. Or, But it can be anywhere from... 20 minutes to an hour and a half. Cool. So, yeah, that's what it looks like at our house. That's great. What's the second thing? Was there another thing you're going to say about that? Yes, we serve together. So, and we've told our kids that until they are in their teen years, that their calling is our calling. And so we've never told our kids that they're missionary kids. We've always told them that they're kid missionaries and that they are blessed to get to go overseas. And it was kind of funny because when we came back to the States in the middle of 2020, our kids looked at us and they said, so now we're the real missionaries and you guys are the missionary parents (laughs) because America was their foreign country. (laughs) And so they've really taken it on. This is their mission field as long as we're here. Um, my oldest two already know that they're called by God into ministry. My youngest one, she's 13. She's still trying to figure it all out. She said she wants to be a doctor, but who knows? Um, but yeah, it's, it's exciting to see what God's going to do. But we do serve together. So we serve at our local church together as a family. We um, try to serve in the community. My husband just got us connected with a feeding ministry for the homeless in a park in our community. And so we do that. We try to do that together as a family at least once a month. Um, and then lastly, we do missions trips together when we can. Um, like you said, even when we were on the mission field, we would contact another missionary on another island and say, hey, we're saving up as a family. Can we come and serve you for a week? 
and this is what we're able to do. We can do dramas. We can do, um, we can preach. We can help. We can teach baking. We can teach farming. We can do all sorts of things. What do you need? So we serve cool. together. What, um, outside of Indonesia, what was one of the favorite countries you traveled to? Or you did missions work? In? Oh, wow. Cambodia. Mm. I love Cambodia. And in next week, actually, I'll be going to Fiji for the first time. Um, we There's a children's home called Treasure House that I'll be going to work with next week in Fiji. And I have high hopes for Fiji. I've heard a lot of good things. Yeah. <laughs> And did you tell me there's only one missionary or is a mission, a single missionary or a missionary couple? So in Fiji? right now with the Assemblies of God, there's one missionary couple in Fiji and they're amazing. But we are taking a team to Fiji, um, an exploratory trip. We have a few people from North Point coming with us cool. and we have some people from Southeastern coming with us. And the area director, Brian Webb, is going to be leading the team. And so we'll be doing some water filtration, water well type stuff. And then also my main focus will be working with Treasure House. Cool. So, yeah, it's exciting. When do you go on that? I leave the 27th. So. <laughs> back to back. Yep. Trips. <laughs> That's awesome. Wait, I, have you ever thought about me being a missionary, Lisa? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so last year at some point, I I had a bunch of things that I just kind of felt God speaking to me, me trying to like navigate through different things of, you know, like what does God have next for me? And I just remember um, really taking a special moment to just sit there and to just listen and to pray and stuff and ask for clarity. And he gave me more confusion because then he spoke um, something about missions on my heart. Mm. Um, so I, I still to this day, I still have no idea what that means. Um, but I've, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing more missions trips and to starting that. I'm hoping to go on one again soon. Going to Wyoming was my first missions trip. Um, but yeah, I just, I just felt like he might have spoke that into my own life and, and specifically like within this country. Um, no clue what that means. And we're just kind of waiting it out to see what that, what that looks like. Praise cool. God. <laughs> I've, I, I'm always wide open. I know some people have said like, you know, never tell God never. So don't tell him you'll, you'll never go to <laughs> Africa. <laughs> You know, or he'll send you there. Yeah. I, I don't think God's a jerk. You, you no. know, uh, but I've, I've, I've made myself wide open. So mm -hmm. anytime I'm anywhere, God, you want me to be here? When you told me one missionary in Fiji, probably for the next ten hours, God, you want us to go there? Right. I, I'll go. You want us Absolutely. to go? Absolutely. And like being wide, being. Available. I think uh, for me, honestly, I get disappointed sometimes when he doesn't let me go yet. Yeah. But. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm I'm excited that we get to do everything we do with Kingdom Builders mm -hmm. and take the trips that we take and. Don't you guys have a trip coming up? Yeah, we're we're going to. The next trip is Tanzania in February. Mm -hmm. Are you and Josh going on that? You were texting about it. We're hoping to. Um, we just have to check with his boss still, but that's that's the one that I'm really hoping we get to do. 
That's cool. Asher yeah. is coming on that with me and a few other people. It's Pastor awesome. John's coming on the trip, so he, he's been out of the church forever. So I think he, I don't want to offend him, but I think he just clicked 80. Wow. 80 years old. So I've traveled with him, I wow. think, to Tanzania. This might be the sixth time. So we'll get to go on that trip together. He says it's his last one, but Aww. I could probably squeeze a couple more. So I have, to, I have to tell you about meeting Pastor John at your oh, church. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm in the lobby and I get a nice coffee and I'm standing there and he approached me. He's such a sweet man. Sure yeah. is. And he welcomed me and I told, he said, is this your first time here? I said, absolutely. And so he proceeded to tell me about every program the church has and invite me to everything. Yeah. And I'm so excited. You guys have have prayer meetings on uh, Sunday morning at 8 a.m. Yep. And you have prayer on, is it Wednesday nights or uh, is there another night? Um, he mentioned something. Yes, he's got he's got a monthly one. Okay. That That's community-wide. Okay, that, yes, that's what he said. Yep. And so I let him just invite me to everything and tell me all about your church. And he was so excited and it made me excited. Yeah. And I just think that's awesome. So you met... Yeah. Pastor Bob Oldberg, too. Yes. So just a, a fun fact for you. In like 1968, Pastor Bob Oldberg was the pastor of Restoration Church the Sunday morning that John Cerise walked forward and said, I want to give my life to Jesus. Oh. That's incredible. So, it's pretty awesome. One of the core values of our church's heritage. And so it's just kind of lived out right there. Yeah. In that, And Pastor Bob has, I think, three of his great-grandchildren here at camp. Oh, with wow. us this week. Yeah. Praise so, the Lord. Yeah. Just been praying over them that they'll uh that mantle will be passed on to them and Yeah. Yeah, you know, and they'll continue that ministry legacy. Mm-hmm. I wanted to um during your message on Sunday, mm. you listed ten or ten maybe catastrophic things. <laughs> Yeah. That your family <laughs> had walked through. Uh, I was curious if there was one of those that was significantly more difficult. And mm, then through mm. all of that, how do you persevere? How how do you, how do you and your husband continue to love Jesus and His call when it's just miserable? Well, to be honest, the most catastrophic I didn't tell you about because mm. it's still hard. Mm. And so. Um, Probably the ones of the ones I listed, um, the hardest one was when my husband was attacked and um, he had a severe head injury and we were 10 hours uh, by car from the nearest hospital of any significance. Um, I took him in the middle of the night and he was stitched up, but they didn't clean anything. Uh. So he got a two by four across the face. Oh my gosh. And you could see his skull. And it just ripped up the front of his face. He now has um, uh, a beard and stuff that helps hide right. some of those scars. But um, but that was right at the end of probably the worst year of my life. Because <laughs> a lot of those things happened that year. What and year that was that? like the culminating. That was 2012. Wow. And leading into 2013. So it was 2013 when that happened to him. Um. And I just remember after they stitched him up and then we just had a really, the rest of the night was really rough. Um, and then the morning, 
the police showed up and then they took him to the police station and they started interviewing him all day long. And it's a long story, but eventually I got him out of there, threatened them <laughs> that if he died on their watch, it would be their fault. <laughs> and I got him in the car with a pastor with me and my kids. And it was my first time that I drove the whole trip from, from Palopo to Makassar and got him to the international hospital where he got proper treatment and uh, a hundred slice CT scan of his head. <laughs> and, uh, um, but we spent a week in the city just healing, processing, figuring out our next move. And we felt very strongly in our prayer times with the Lord that God was telling us we still needed to go back. So after a week, we got in the car and we drove back. And when we came into town, um, they knew we were coming. And what you got to understand is we were the first foreigners to ever be allowed to live in this village. Um, we were the first uh, Americans that most of them had ever met. Uh, very few people, only one other person, two other people that I know of there spoke English. So when we, we really were outsiders. Yeah. And when we came back after that, we were welcomed by nearly the entire community. And they came to us and they just said, we're so sorry this happened to you. Um, and the police even said, and it's not normal because a lot of the police there are very corrupt, but mm -hmm. they even said, you know what? Whenever your husband is going out of town, let us know and we'll patrol around your house. We will protect you. We will keep wow. you safe. And we don't want you to leave. We want you to be here. And it was like at that moment, God just said enough to the enemy. Yeah. Right. And the doors blew wide open for ministry. And that at that point was when we started to see people come to the Lord. It's when we, we opened a, a ministry in the back of a coffee shop, a Muslim-owned coffee shop. None of the Christians would let us open any kind of ministry in their in their in their businesses because they were afraid of what could happen. But um, a friend of my husband's, who was a very respected Muslim in the community, said, "Do it in my place." And then he invited all of his friends to come, and we had this thriving community center with reach outreach to college students. His wife invited all her friends' kids, so every Saturday we had. Um, kids church for 18 children initially, and then it grew to be a lot more. And the only Christians in the room were my kids. And so they were hearing the gospel for the first time. And we would do it in English and then translate to Indonesian. So it was both because I had um, an MA, a missionary associate that had not done language school. And so she wanted, I wanted to put her in ministry. So she did it in English and my son translated into Indonesian. All the parents were in the back room or in the back of the room and they all got to hear the gospel. But the Holy Spirit gives us the empowerment to endure. Mm -hmm. right. Sometimes people think that the Holy Spirit is for a lot of other things and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for a lot of things. But the one that's the most overlooked is the empowerment to endure hardship and suffering. If you look at the Acts, the, the stories in Acts, and you look at the, the New Testament church, they endured a lot of persecution. Yeah. If we want to be empowered to endure persecution and continue on, 
We have to be disciplined in prayer and fasting, mm-hmm. and we have to be full of the Holy Spirit. Right. So that's my answer. <laughs> How long did you live on the island? Was it Sulawesi? Sulawesi, um, from 2011 to 2000 to 2020. So, so you've been there about a year and a half or two years when you got attacked. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and then at that point. It just, yeah. I think of the old church song, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Yeah. And we still had some hard things after that, but that was really the turning point. Right. Were there moments in that, um, like just the, just the strength that poured out on you from God is, is so evident and so amazing, but were there moments in there where you were like, Man, what am I even doing? Like that, just oh, moments course. that you questioned, like even God's call on your life. No, I never questioned that. That's awesome. And that's one thing when you when you step out in faith. First, you have to survive raising all your funds. Yeah, <laughs> and that's a test of your faith. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then you have to survive language school. And if you make it through both of those, <laughs> and you make it through your first term, and you know that you're called. Mm that there's something that that anchors you and you just know that you know you're in the middle of God's will no matter what, no matter how hard it is. And sometimes it takes you different directions. You know, you're always open. Where are you leading now, Lord? Because God can take you wherever he wants to go as long as you're obedient. Yeah, so cool. We had chatted a little bit last night about when you felt like this was it, God is calling you to mission. So you said you were 19 when that happened, right? Yes. That's awesome. Um, what was that kind of like for you? Like, um, were there were there some doubts that you had to kind of push through in, the, in those moments or was it, nope, this is God's voice. This is it. I'm going to start chasing. Okay, so I was raised in a Christian home and um, I had a lot of doubt my whole childhood growing up and everything. And, and it was, it was tough because I had some Christians or so-called Christians in my life that, um, were not very Christian. Like, Mm -hmm. um, my dad was a deacon, but at home he was a different person. He was a Vietnam vet. He had a lot of anger and there was, there was some abuse. And so that was really hard for me to reconcile. So leading up to that point when I was 19, I was at a secular university on a track scholarship and I was laying in bed one day deciding whether to go to church. And I just said, why am I doing this? I've been in church my whole life and I don't know if God is real in this moment right now. So I made a deal with God. I don't recommend that for everybody, but I told God, cause I knew the Bible says that if you seek him, you will find him. So I told God that, um, I wasn't going to go to church, but I would pray pray, and I would read my Bible every day. And if God showed me that he was real for me mm-hmm. without anybody else preaching at me, that I would give him my whole life and I would do whatever he wanted me to do. And about three months, I was very faithful and determined in, that I was going to keep up my end of the bargain so that God couldn't say I didn't do my part. Right. <laughs> and so about three months into it, the presence of God filled my room so powerfully and it overwhelmed me. 
and I repented so like I was just gobsmacked on the floor, just a mess. I couldn't even go to class that day because I was just wrecked. And so I determined that things were going to be different in my life. And so I went home that summer and was a youth sponsor and my youth pastor, the youth pastor I was working with, he said, I want you to do two things. I want you to be a, uh, I want you to work at youth camp. So I went and I worked night security at youth camp. It was only the second time I'd ever been to camp. And then he said, I want you to go on a missions trip. So it was while I was in China on a missions trip and I was praying one morning just in my personal time. And it was one of only two times that God has spoken to me in an audible voice. And he said, now or never, all or none. And I knew in my heart that that meant I was going to be a missionary. Wow. So I'm a pretty like bold. I'm not, I don't, I'm not afraid of too many things. And so I determined that I was going to, I was going to answer back bold. So I flew back from Hong Kong to Billings, Montana. And it's about a 10 hour drive from Billings, Montana to Jamestown University. And my dad and I argued the whole way, but I told him, I said, I am giving up my full ride scholarship and I am going to Bible college. I was going to be a junior that year. (laughs) And so I did. I didn't stop at Jamestown University. I drove to Trinity Bible College and I enrolled and I started the next day. And when you make bold moves like that for God in faith, I had no idea yet how it was going to be paid for, but God provided. And I worked really hard. I won't say it was easy, but I put myself in a position where God spoke, I reacted and I responded in faith, and then I trusted God as I walked in obedience. And I know that's really scary, but every time I've taken a step of faith like that, God has always been there to catch me. He's always been there to lead me one step further, even when I can only see one step ahead. It's amazing. So I hope that encourages you. It does. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Absolutely. Um, Well, now that it sounds like kids are starting to filter out of the building, it's probably getting pretty close to getting, uh, we've got to go load up in the buses and head to Lake Day. But just wanted to give you a chance, um, anything that you want to share with us about the organization you work with, Asia's Little Ones, and and the needs and the things that we can pray with you about and the things that should be on our Kingdom Builders list um, for next year. Just give you a chance to kind of share your heart, cast some vision about that. Absolutely. So Asia's Little Ones. Uh, We serve the Asia Pacific region. Right now I get to serve in really a support role for other ministries and missionaries. Um, I have a catalog of needs that I've put together last year. It was called Promise Me. This year it's Lift Me because I would like to raise up a million prayer warriors for kids across Asia Pacific. Lift them to the Father. Um, We, you know, we in our country, we've experienced a lot of things going awry because of the last two years with COVID and stuff, but it has hit our Asian countries hard. And children are always at the very bottom of every social economic strata. They are at the mercy of their parents. They're at the mercy of the community. And so Asia's Little Ones, we 
unapologetically minister to and represent kids. Um, We have three categories, homes, health, and education. And we have 23 projects in 12 countries right now. Um, That is looking to expand um, as we are able to reach and go into more places of ministry. I've given Pastor Nate our catalog of needs for Asia's Little Ones. And um, I don't know, maybe the Lord will catch your heart for something in that in that catalog and and if there's any way that we can work together that would be amazing um we also work with bgmc um and so you know our goal this year is to raise a million prayer warriors and a uh, half a million dollars for the ministries so I know this sounds crazy, but I'm a missionary who is asking you to give money to other missionaries. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, that's great. But I love it. I mean, praise God, right? Yeah. Um, I, wa- I want to, um, as much as I can, see the places even after we've given it. So if you've got, yeah. hey, in 2024, we're going here. Um and we have the, you know, me or a team member has the opportunity to go on that trip with you, then, um, you know, so then we can send the money in advance and then and then show up and see what we've done or see it first, like, well, you want to come next week? <laughs> and then and then be able to say, hey, we've seen it. It's like, you know, and, and we then, could totally work something like that yeah. out. Yeah, maybe. Let's start having that conversation. Maybe Fiji again or I am hitting... I am. Um, I was invited to Vietnam next year with Global University. Okay. So Asia's Little Ones has a project going. in Vietnam. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Maybe we can put them together. Cool. Um, anything else that you want to share or say or? I just re- want to say thank you, <laughs> thank you for thank you. inviting me. Thank you for having me in your beautiful. Uh, state of New Hampshire. I absolutely love your state motto. <laughs> I think yeah. it's amazing because there's there's spiritual implications. It'll preach. Yeah, it's sure not will. just about It'll patriotism. No, <laughs> it's more I, I than agree. that. So live free or die. <laughs> yeah, amen. Least church. You I mean you're in the mission field too, right? So it's That's another right. mission trip. Least least church state in the country. Yeah, right here. And I think last night as I was praying during service, like God, legitimately. There's not enough missionaries. My family and I will go, and there's just this. No, you. I need you here right now, yes. at yeah. least. I need you here right now, and um, yeah. Yeah. When Pastor Travis first invited me to come for district council last year, I had no idea about this part of the country. I'd never been here, and my husband and I, we have added Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont to our prayer, our prayers, like. I don't want to say daily because I might not be right spot on with that, but it's very close. Thank you. Um, because this part of the country, this part of, of the U.S., it has my heart. Mm-hmm. And if I got to be a church planter here in America, I know where I would ask God to send me. So yeah. we are praying for you guys. We are believing that God has got something. I'm praying for revival tonight for the kids Amen. and the leaders tonight. Let it go spark from here and just spread like a flame. Yeah. And this youth camp coming uh, tomorrow night, I'm just believing God for some big things. As we close, oh, oh, actually two things. We always give a resource, so we'll talk about that. But 
Doris has an achievement award so that not everybody at Restoration Church has. She has been to every location now because Woo-hoo! at camp we're in Rumney, so she's uh, been at at least like driven by and seen the Plymouth location and then Invest Conference in Milton a couple of years ago. If you were there, you remember Doris, now Connect the Dots, she was the speaker at the missions lunch. And obviously, you just in Dover. Oh, so. wow. Pretty so, amazing. So maybe you'll have to give me an actual <laughs> tour of the church in Plymouth so I can say that Absolutely. I was in the building. I know. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if Pastor Stephen might be right there right now. So if you go into town for gas. <laughs> That's what happened. I was here at kids camp. And I went into town for gas and ended up like, oh, I haven't been in that building since I was a teenager. Knocked on the senior pastor's office. And the next night, I met with the board about a church merger. Wow. It was just one of those. When God puts things together. Yeah. Um, You gave me a book that I started reading since we've been here. I forget the uh, change of the map. Yes. And what was the missionary's name? Mark Doreen. Mark Doreen. That's a recent book, which I realized once I was in it. There is a podcast also called Change the Map. It's on YouTube and it's on Apple Podcasts and some like the other podcasts that are out there. So that's about... um, reaching the um the Buddhist the world. Buddhist world. I I read a portion of that to the kids in my cabin yesterday. We had like an hour and a half with nothing to do and I started reading. I'm like our kids need to hear this. So all the part you know about um I mean, can't go into it because we're done. But anyway, read the book. That's the <laughs> book we, we recommend. So, <laughs> so resources, if you go to APMissions. or AsiaPacificMissions.org, all of those, all of our Asia Pacific resources are available on that website. That that was the last if someone says, I actually want to be a missionary, what is the step to t- what's the first step to take? Like where do you even get plugged in? Like where do you go? How do you how Become do you do missionary. that? Okay, so if um, I have a friend, we have Pipeline is what it's called. And for each region, they have a different representative. For Asia Pacific, his name is Ryan Laramore. And if uh, you contact Assemblies of God World Missions, um, there's, a, there's a phone number. You call headquarters and say, please put me in contact with Ryan Laramore. And he will get you in the pipeline to explore how, what, what 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 can I do? There's also a website called WideOpenMissions.org, um, where missionaries post different needs they have for workers to come and for people to serve, um, for up to two year assignments. Yeah, stop so. taking water from Fiji and go bring them some living water. Amen. Get over there. We want to get, get. If I can't go, you need to go. So quit your job and then call Ryan Laramore. And then let us start supporting you monthly. All right. Well, listen, appreciate you so much, Doris. Thanks for investing in our church, investing in our kids, investing in the kingdom of God. And uh, excited to uh, open another location so we can have you back to come check it out. Yeah. Love you guys. Have a great day.